when I saw you, I believed that something new can come into this world. You are John Carter of Earth? Yes, ma'am. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Well, Chris and Tom are looking at some movies. The biggest bombs the world has ever seen. But do they suck or are they really groovy? Will Tom and Chris be nice or mean? But do these films deserve humiliation of being called the worst flicks around? Millions in PR couldn't save them. But do they deserve the loser's lounge? Episode 1. John Carter, 2021. You'll believe a man can, um, go to Mars. And so it begins, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Tom DJ. I'm sitting here with the hair metal hero, Mr. Chris Tyler. Good evening, Tom. How you doing? We are, we are, we are the East Coast Mafia. <laughs> okay. Sure. The East Coast Cinematic Mafia. That's oh, us. Oh, okay, cinematic. All right, I'm glad you put the clarifier in there. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> we are the East Coast Cinematic Mafia. My movie East taste East... is probably East Coast Cinematic Carnival, not Mafia. <laughs> so. And this is uh, the first episode of something that that we've been teasing for a little while. Oh, namely, well, it's. Not the Losers Lounge. No, no, no. Really, it, it's not the Losers Lounge at all. But the premise of this um, little adventure is that we are going to go through a list that I found on Wikipedia of the largest financial failures in history. For largest film financial failures. Starting with one that lost, depending upon who you listen to, between 133 to $236 million. Yeah. um, And the idea is we're going to look at these because there is this fallacy that has occurred in the last 10, 15 years, would you say, Chris? Uh, I Honestly, I think since the advent of the blockbuster okay. film, I would say that this fallacy has persisted. The fallacy is if a film bombs at the box office, it is not artistically good. Well, we're going to put that to the test, and we're going to start with, as I said... A film that cost Disney literally hundreds of millions of dollars. 2012's John Carter. Hey, so first of all, um, 
You know that there's a whole title that goes along with these stories, right, Disney? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Um, <laughs> this is the one time you should have put Mars in the title of a movie. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that the, the, the teaser posters do not help. It's like, no. here's Taylor Kitsch's face and these three letters. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, I, the market... I understand the... why narratively the film starts out as John Carter and then at the end they they call it John Carter of Mars and, and that's fine within the boundaries of the beginning and the end of the film yeah but to Joe Blow which is me and you and everybody yeah. else that you know pays their 12 bucks to go see a movie uh, this is kind of one of the ones where you gotta kind of you know do what it's going to do. Put it on the tin, as yeah. they say. They they should have been very upfront about you, and they should have. I think they should have leaned into it. Uh, Why wouldn't you? The, the the concept that, hey, you like Star Wars, right? You like Flash Gordon, right? Why don't you come check out the guy who started it all? Yeah. 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 But that I mean, there, there's an old episode of. Better in the Dark, where uh, Derek and I came up with a alternate ad campaign revolving around travel posters to inviting people to visit Barsoom. That would have been cool. It would have been, but but no, nah, no, nah, we we had to get Taylor. Kitch. This film killed Taylor Kitsch's career, didn't I, it? I, look, I don't dislike the guy. Mm -hmm. He's not got the biggest range, and that's no. okay. He's matinee idol, good-looking, mm -hmm. and that is perfectly acceptable for something like this amongst some of the other things that he has done. And I'm sure he's probably got a great performance in him in some dramatic role if it comes his way. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, let's... So, just because you brought that up, I gotta dive immediately into the aesthetics of this film. Right. Okay, people, people already, like... You can complain all you want about the amount of clothing that Dejah Thoris is wearing... I, when you read the original stories and you look at the original art from mm -hmm. when those were coming out, she wasn't fully nude. All right, let's mm -hmm. let's be real here. Okay, they it, neither was John Carter. They had clothing on, but if you take a look at all of that old artwork, even through up up through the the Marvel comics from the seventies and right. then the the comics that have come, they casted this looks wise perfectly. I mean, they spend a moment to talk about the other career it killed, the career of Lynn Collins, who I would have wanted <laughs> to see in so many more films. She is a striking looking woman. And she uh, like I, I never they could have made them all a little more red, whatever. It's mm -hmm. not a big deal. Um, but in terms of capturing the look of what I because I read the the Burroughs stories and she's right. in high school, I think was the last time I read them. Um, but it felt like it leapt off the page when I was yeah. watching the two of them. And then the design of the Tharks was, I mean, that's their chemistry was good. Yeah. And, and Lynn, Co Lynn Collins carried her action extremely well. I would yeah. love to see her in more films, but because she was related with this, Nope. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, 
Uh, Willem Dafoe gets by by the you know the fact that he wasn't really on screen other than his voice and, and his his faux African accent. That is I like I couldn't even pick up what he was trying to do, but I guess yeah, I guess that could be somewhat African or South the African. The only problem I had with the film really is by giving them this kind of faux African accent. There's a colonialism undertone that sneaks into the film about here's the strong white man from virginia and he, i see i that went right over my head yeah. I, <laughs> I wasn't even like to me it's just such pulp stuff that like i wasn't even but my I, brain I didn't even go design. there i did love the design of the tharks i i would buy every effing plushie of woola so would my wife if they made it woola is adorable yes um it's the cast is made up of some really good um, character actors, some oh, yeah. of which have gone on to some greatness, like Mark Strong, and some of who um, should still be doing Happen Leonard adaptations, like James Pro Purefoy. <laughs> I, I, I liked him in it. <laughs> oh, no, that... I, now, 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 keep in mind, folks, for those of you who do not know, I consider Joe Lansdale our greatest living writer. And after I start, when I watched those first three Happen Le Leonard seasons, I, I told Joe uh, because I I well I don't I don't talk to him as much as I used to, but I but I, but I do do know how to talk to him. That from now on, every time I read the novels, it's those voices <laughs> because the casting was so good. Nice, but um, it, it's a. It's a fairly good adaptation of the book. I've, I've actually been rereading the book along with watching the film. I'm actually going to go back. I've got the the big one volume upstairs yeah. in my in my library at the at the moment. But it has co prompted me to to dig that out and and start rereading that because. Yeah. I, I remembered a lot of the broad strokes, and, and I felt like it was a, a good adaptation. I couldn't remember the therns, though. I can't remember if they're actually in the in the stories, and I don't think the actual Edgar Rice Burroughs is in the stories either. But that's one of the thematic threads that I yeah. really enjoy about this adaptation. Um, I, I like the way they kind of handled the fact that they don't shy away from. John Carter being from the Confederate States? Nope, they don't. But they they don't make a big deal out of it. No, I mean it, he was a conscription conscripted soldier. Mm -hmm. When it happened, he did what he was ordered to do. Right. And he loses his family, and now at this point, it's burn it all down because I don't care anymore. I'm going to get mine. So it's and that's. A perfectly valid character arc to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you ever seen some of the early... There is supposedly somewhere on YouTube, Max Fleischer. Because Edgar Rice Burroughs wanted this on the screen badly. Uh, yeah, I can imagine why. It was his first novel. I think he, it, it had a special place in his heart. And he tried all throughout his life 
to get John Carter on screen. And the closest he probably came was with the Max Flesher Studios. And supposedly, if you look on YouTube, you can find some animation tests. Oh, man. I, that I did not know about, but that, that would have been the perfect animation house at the time for yeah. this kind of story. But um, there's that. Of all people, Ray Harryhausen. Well, he would have been the only one to make the Tharks and the in the White Apes work. Yeah. At the time. He he was interested for a while, which is probably why when they lost the rights to uh, John Carter, he started developing a film that never got made called Sinbad on Mars. <laughs> that I was not aware of. Yes, he was working on that, and I asked him because when I heard about this. Uh, I saw him at a convention, and, and I heard, had heard that they were planning this, and it never came out. He, he retired, as you know, um, after, I think it was, it was it touring um, the set of um, The Phantom Menace. And he just said, this, uh, you're doing it better than I can. That's debatable. Especially, I do too. The late the late '90s CGI was starting to, to get real good. It's it is showing its age now, though. It might have been Jurassic, but it was it was one of these big big CGI heavy films where he just said, "My day is past." But um, I asked him about it at a convention because I was when I heard that he was planning Sinbad on Mars. Like, oh, this sounds kind of cool. And he said, he was like, oh, it just sounds silly. Let me listen to it. Sinbad on Mars. It sounds, it sounds like a stupid idea. Oh, I didn't think so. But um, <laughs> eventually, Disney, because for a long time it was in Paramount and Pictures' hands, and we almost got a version directed by Robert Rodriguez. And you know what that means? Uh... Rose McGowan would have been. Deja Thoris. Thoris, yes. I'd, I'd, I'd be okay with that. I, I'm, I'm okay with that as well. Um, and then it went to John Favreau, which is why Favreau has a cameo in this film. Yeah. And yeah, then he could have nailed it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking. And it, could could you imagine? Um, Vince Vaughn has the has the Jedak of the Binga, whatever. Yeah, he could have pulled it off. <laughs> it would have been a very different different performance than what we got yes. in, in the movie, but it would have been equally as as slimy and and villainous in a different way. I think it would be less villainous and more slimy. Slimy and smug's okay though for a bad guy. I got no problem yeah, with that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think that they did their world building well. Oh, yeah. And, and it wasn't like, we're going to stop the film right now and explain to you who the chessmen of Mars are. Yeah. So, I, I, I thought it was actually, I mean, maybe it's not the best film in the world, but it's definitely an enjoyable film. It's it, it it starts and it and it doesn't stop until the end. Mm -hmm. I, I'm I've watched this several times since it since it yeah. came out on home video, mm -hmm. and every time I throw it on, I get sucked in. And it, there's little directory things like the 
the, when they're doing the narrative storytelling where every time he gets captured, he tries to escape. Mm-hmm. But they're still have the dialogue going and it's just the quick cuts and the quick cuts and the, it's telling me everything I need to know about this guy. Right. I, I think the only two th- changes I would make editorially is I would have shook that, that little pro I actually would have finished the film with him throwing the amulet away and the title card, John Carter of Mars coming up. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that you could certainly end it that way too. I, then you kind of lose the, the frame story though, which again, it's showing his level of cleverness. Yeah. So, and, and the only reason the frame story is there is it's in the first novel. What was it? See, that's how long it's been since, yeah, since I've read them. It I, starts out with a letter from Edgar Riceboro saying, I found this. Under peculiar circumstances, um, after the death of my friend John Carter. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's, that's how long it's been. I couldn't remember that. Yeah, it's 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 not that long though. It's just at the very beginning he says, "I, you know, John Carter died. He gave me the he gave me his uh, estate, and I found this manuscript." <laughs> Well, I mean, then, it, well, that also is writerly wise. It's easy then to say, okay, this whole thing is epistolatory. It's going to be just yeah. from from John's hand. It's going to be from John's point of view, yeah, which it is. Um, I also would wonder if I would have handled the situation about the Thark language as they did. Maybe, uh, maybe I would have begun the transition earlier. Um, I, you know, I, that seems like an easy choice too. I, I think is the, the longer you get to spend through John's eyes, not knowing mm-hmm. what's going on, I I think plays pretty well because you're just as lost as he is from the time yeah. he realizes that oh crap, gravity is not the same here. And but no, it's 2012, and I think people have gotten got used to even back then. The interesting thing about this list that we're using, folks, is that of the first 12 movies we're going to be discussing in this series, only two of them date before two. I think it's like three date before 2000. Okay. And mo- most of them are within the last 20 years. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> that's rather telling. <laughs> I, and, and interestingly enough, a number of these first this first year that we're going to be examining Disney product. Well, you, sometimes they hit them out of the park, way out of the park, and sometimes they pop fly and they're out. You know, that's yeah. Uh, um. Apparently, the screen rights were bought by Disney as a favor to its director, Andrew Stanton, who gave them Finding Nemo. So it was like, we want to keep you happy. Yeah. I want I want to do John Carter. Okay, you can do John Carter as a Pixar movie. No, I don't want to do it as a Pixar movie. <laughs> I mean, they certainly could have done it. They um, could have. But uh, there's, there's something about seeing pulp characters mm-hmm. 
like Flash Gordon, you know, or the or the Shadow, or or this, you know, the the Phantom in live action. Um, that just it brings a warmness to my heart. So, and I, I love I, the fact they brought they brought in Michael Charbon to do a little bit of a punch up to the script. Because, of course, at that time, he was the magic man with pulp stuff. Yeah. Having replaced, oh, what's his name? That idiot, um, the Blade guy. Oh, Norrington? No, not Boyer. Norrington. No, Boyer. no, no. They're, they're, the guy who wrote the script for Blade and then became the go-to guy for pulp stuff. David Goyer. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> you may have written one of my favorite movies of all time in Dark City, but fuck you. I think he's hit or miss, but, you know, what are you going to do? I, I think he's very miss. <laughs> but um, they were serious about this because they were looking at this time. Disney was really desperate to get a boy's brand up and running. Yeah, because uh, well, they had Cars already, right? Yeah. And Cars is still one of their most profit profitable licenses. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, but I mean, it's Disney did, does not have a Star Wars until they did. Until um, they decided, well, we'll just buy Star Wars. Yeah, and I, it 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 is painful that this did not get a franchise to me because well, there was it was supposed to be a trilogy, as as it should have been. I yeah, mean, you know, um, there's, there's three solid entries in book form that you could have adapted. Yeah, the next so. two were supposed to be Gods of Mars and Warlord of Mars. Yeah. Um, and when they bought the rights for Andrew Stanton in 2009, they didn't think of, why don't we just buy other people's shit yet? <laughs> and instead of trusting Andrew Stanton... They got cold feet fairly quickly, beginning with the, oh, the film Moms Need, sorry, Mars Needs Moms is uh, failed really miserably. And we'll come back to that one sometime in year two. <laughs> so people don't like films with the, with the word Mars in the title. No, they just don't like shit. Yeah, that's it. It's like they don't like terrible films. If you tell a good story and you market it, market it correctly, people will come and see it and say, hey, that was a good story. What else you got? And, yep. and this is a case of Andrew Stan wanted to tell a good story. And he told it. He cast it well. Um, the... The, the sky skimmers are gorgeous. Oh yeah, the the, the whole aesthetic is the whole is yeah that, that whole steampunk aesthetic that they have for this film is wonderful. Um, it should have made at least one of its leads a star. Yeah. Um, and they they got cold feet right away, and so the first thing they did was they, and you can kind of tell from those first teaser posters. There's, it's all just Mars, right? In the letters, right? I don't remember, like... Well, the teaser poster was a picture of Taylor Kitsch's face in a very desaturated black and gray <sighs> with the stylized letters J, C, 
M imposed over them. Yeah, which doesn't say anything to anybody. Exactly. All they needed to do was pick up some copies of these books from the 30s and 40s, look at the covers, translate one of those, put the four-armed green guys on the poster, put the hot red chick on the poster, put Taylor Kitsch's six-pack on the poster. Mm -hmm. This was my plan. When, we, when Derek and I talked about this on Better in the Dark, we would have these travel posters, travel to beautiful Barsoom, with some like beauty, and then like after th two or three weeks, they would be replaced with the same poster, but there was a, a tear mark through it, and you could see a white ape. Nice. And then it would be like, what the heck is that? <laughs> I want to know what's going on there. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just I'm even more based than that. Put the hot chick and the hot guy on the poster. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I would say yeah. If you put if you put Taylor Kitsch and uh, Lynn Collins in their fighting togs, copy the Frazetta art. Yeah, literally, just do that. And, and they needed they needed to I think really hammer home the idea. This is where all your favorite stuff originated. Yeah, I, that's kind of a. That's kind of a tough sell nowadays, just because there's been so much since. Mm -hmm. I, it, so it's just by virtue of the fact that it's coming out after all that stuff. It, to yeah. some people, it's going to be seen as an imitator. I, I don't know how you get around that. Like it, that's just just part of the world that we live in. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of sad. It's it, yes. the same reason why uh, Valerian. And we're going to get to Valerian, don't worry. Uh, did so poorly, even though it's this like crazy imaginative movie. People was like, it's not Star Wars. Yep. Yeah, I I don't know. It's the, People's attention spans today are different. I, I mean, I know I can sit down and, you know, I can sit and watch a Tarantino movie where it's dialogue for 90% of it and be thoroughly entertained you know but I can also watch something like this that's a lot okay. of punchy punchy run run yeah. and you know other and other thematic elements and then the big visuals and the grand vistas like there's a shot in the when he's escaping on the on the captain's horse and then they've got seven more soldiers chasing right. after him that's cinema because you can't do that shot anywhere else. So, I don't know. I don't know what people wanted. <laughs> the thing to keep in mind is that by the time marketing, by the time the film was done, and they were thinking about marketing, first off, Disney got real gun shy about Mars. And they had some really dumb ideas about how to market it like um using led zeppelin i mean i i love zeppelin yeah i don't know if that's the kind of tone you want to strike <laughs> for, yeah for this but uh, um they were they got nervous because conan the barbarian failed one we will not be getting to and Cowboys and Aliens failed, both about 
the same time in 2011. Yeah. Um, Cowboy, I think we are getting to Cowboys and Aliens, but not for a while. I haven't watched that since I half paid attention to it when it hit home video. I, I watched it in the theaters. I, I got a hot take for you, though, Thomas. I, I, did, I didn't hate the, the remake of Conan and the Barbarian. I've not seen Conan the Barbarian, the remake. So. It's, uh... Oh, well, I, if we get to it, we get to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so they got nervous about that. And by that time, in 2011, of course, they bought Marvel. And uh, then they well. said, hey, we got a boys franchise now. Yep. Let's get another one. And yep. they bought Star Wars and supposedly um for Disney to have been happy with this film it would have had to make at least 700 million worldwide okay that's okay it, it's a, it's an almost 100 year old property by the time yeah. they're adapting it I think that is an unreasonable expectation also, an unreasonable expectation was to give it a massive, massive budget, which I'm sure this had. Right. Oh, it there... did. It, its budget was $263.7 million. Yeah. You, you couldn't have cut this back and made it for $100 million? Like, come on, Disney. Like, that's... And I know it's a lot of location shooting, because they, mm-hmm. you know, they did as much as they could out in real locations, but did that it did not need to be a $250 million budget for this, especially for an untested property that's never been adapted before. Right. Other, other than a, Asylum doing it on the cheap. <laughs> so uh, that that was an unreasonable expectation. Also, Edgar Rice Burroughs as a whole had kind of been out of the public consciousness for a long time. Yeah, I mean, even though they tried, I think, I think we got that on the list too. They tried to put out a Tarzan film around the same time. Uh, the Casper Van Dien one isn't that even earlier? Isn't that like? No, Casper Van Dien was in the was in the nineties, but yes, back when people thought Casper Van Dien was going to be the ultimate hotness. I mean, he's he's a good looking dude, but I mean, there's a reason why he played Johnny Rico in Starship Troopers. Yeah. <laughs> like, me that there are actual people in our government who want to show school children Starship Troopers. Uh, with the right context, that'd be fine, I guess. I don't well, think they're talking about the right context. Uh, just have them read the Heinlein book, then. Just, yeah. just give them the book. Uh, okay. Yeah, but um. I think the CGI was great. Yeah, the, I'm a I mean, CGI person. I, I I like the look of the creatures, and we've yeah. already talked about how adorable Wola is. Oh yeah. And I was I mean, wondering because as I'm watching the film, I'm going, okay, let's see what. That's the the character. That was the CGI character I wanted to to see if they were going to mess up or not. Which one? Sorry. Was Wola? Oh no, Wola's great. Okay, and I. I it was different from what I imagined from the books, because I imagined from the book something more insectile. Uh, yeah, I, I always, yeah, insectoid slash reptilian, some sort of mix there. Slightly more intimidating, but goddamn. 
That thing is so cute. That's just a great design. Oh, when I, watching it last night when the Tharks start kicking up, my wife was in tears. <laughs> and uh, the Tharks look... I would have made them a little bulkier. Yeah, I... I yeah, I, they could have done that too. But you know what? They, they got the tusks. They got the forearms. Got the, the, tusks, the facial the features forearms. are great. And more importantly... They've got the the body movement. The body language seems to work for a six armed, a six limbed creature. Yeah. Um. I don't. I, and the thing, I think, by the time John Carter came out, Disney had already abandoned it. It said, "Wait, well, we're going to get Star Wars soon. We don't need. We don't need John Carter." Yeah, that's. And and again. That's the intersection of art and commerce, you know. Right. There's always going to be something hitting the, the rocks, in, in, you know. Not every time the, the art's going to win. Which, it, but this this is, I don't think Staten has directed a live action film again. Because then they said, go back to Pixar. Well, I mean, that would be a huge kick in the dick. I mean, especially yeah. if the studio at that point is just like, yeah, you know what, we're done. Um I'd be retreating into the safety of what I knew well. Um, right. And and again, that's that's a shame. But who knows? I mean, he could do something further down the line too. It's yeah, uh, yeah. hindsight's I, I always twenty twenty. In, in this um, atmosphere, his best bet would be to do something indie. Yeah, it's. I mean, thankfully he's got the Pixar, uh, you know, resume to, to trade on. Yeah. Um, so he, I don't think he's going to have a problem finding work producing or directing. It might not be exactly what he in the in the field that he wants to, to do, but you never know. So um, Disney changed it from trying to create new IP, quote unquote, new IP, to uh, just buying other people's IP. R.I.P. Doctor Who. <laughs> You guys think it's just, oh, well, we're just going to show it on Disney+. Plus? No, no, this is the beginning. It probably is. I hope I, You're going to have little Doctor Who? That could be cute. We're, we're going to have Paul McGann. Well, I, actually, I would, I would like to see Paul McGann do some live-action stories. We're going to see um, stories about we're going to see a series about the 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 uk spaceship on on the back of the whale uh that featuring was Eliz featuring elizabeth the, the 10th because i bloody rule uh, who knows rose <laughs> is going to get her own series um i don't know i think if they want to get all the the nostalgia casting they're gonna have to back up the money truck which i know they can do but mm -hmm. you never know <laughs> like, I'd, I'd rather than just try to do a hundred million dollar sequel to to this you know I, I, I would yes i would rather i think that if the film wasn't quote-unquote abandoned by disney and just they just did not put any money into it in terms of marketing it would have done a lot better and again, it's 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 one of those things that if you didn't grab people with the initial marketing, they weren't going to go right. see it. So it's not like there was a bunch of people going, hey, yo, go check this out. This was really entertaining. 
Like, if you don't get him in the first weekend, you, you're kind of toast. And unfortunately, that's the nature of the business nowadays. Like, that first weekend's a bust, you're, you're a bust. Right. And the nice thing about this is it does do world build. I mean, my biggest problem with most um, franchise starters, let's call them, even though many of them are to uh, quote Josh from Horror Timelines, failures to launch. <laughs> um, the biggest problem with a lot of these, and we're going to come up against a lot of these, is that they're so busy with the world building they forget to tell a good story. Yeah, and it, you do have to do world building. Try yeah. to do as much of it as you can visually. Like, the, the first Star Wars movie... You're just mm -hmm. dropped right into the middle of that. You get the text crawl and go. Right. You know, and you left to kind of pick up a little bit of the pieces along the way. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you don't, and George Lucas assumed we didn't need to know about the, the Jawa who sells the droids to Luke or the, the third person on in to the left in the cantina. No, it's it's just it's a visual flourish. Just just yeah. go along with it. Here's so a here's an idea, folks. I and I think this is one of the reasons why Star Wars took off and Star Trek is that the fans were allowed to fill in the fiddly bits and speculate and create their own headcanon. Well, yeah, I mean it And the headcanon then kind of the, the studio then said, okay, this is a good idea. This is crap. This is a good idea. And kind of bled them back into the franchise. Yeah. Well, it's anything, now it's... That, anything that you can leave open for discussion is, gonna, is going to keep it in somebody's consciousness. Yeah. Young Tom wrote Star Wars fanfic. All right. In, in the late 70s. This is before I grew sick of Star Wars. <laughs> but... When there was just only the Star the Star Wars. No, I'm not calling it a new hope. It was I saw a movie at the RKO Keith called Star Wars. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm an old see, I'm an old fuck, to quote George Carlin. I can say what I like. <laughs> Have pity on us that we're born in seventy nine, you know, or yeah. seventy eight and later. The only time the only way we got to see it was with the, the new title. Um, yeah, in 78, 79, I wrote little stories, you know, with which filled in some fiddly bits. There's one story I remember where I kind of implied that Darth Vader was the soul of death. I can see that. So it's like, but that's the thing is like there was there were all these tantalizing spaces where kids could build their own play. Yeah, and that's that's certainly important too. Uh, you know, and, and I think there's a lot of spaces here where, even though there is world building, and even though there are teases towards the next two book, the next two films, which would yeah. cover the next two books, particularly in, in um, regards to the Chessmen. Yeah, um, it's, God, it's been so long since I've read. I definitely need to reread them now. Yeah, no, no, it's it's obvious because they have that the whole the, the priests of Mars 
Yeah. Yeah. And, but they, they don't pound you over the head with it. No. Posed to like, okay, I went to see because I love Neil Marshall, as all good people should. I went to see his uh, Hellboy remake. Even though the ticket taker in the ticket booth at the UA Midway told me, you don't want to go see this movie. I paid my money. I'll see whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, exactly. But I just found that it's happened only two times. Once was once was for um, Hellboy. The other time was for Cats. Uh, and I do not regret my time with Cats because it has given me a lifetime of hilarity. I, you know, if I was into musicals, I probably would have went to go see it myself. But well, I think it's on our list. I'm sure it is. Um. But it is, it's, I would much rather see a really bad movie that tries for the, the moon and fails, that is super ambitious, than a bad film that plays it safe because they're afraid of being a bad film. Yeah, I mean, that's my biggest criteria for a movie. Just don't be boring. Exactly. Don't you could be a good. Movie. I, I don't mind laughing movie. with the movie. I also don't mm-hmm. mind laughing at the movie. Yeah, yeah. You could be a good movie. You could be a bad movie. Just don't be a boring movie. And this is not a boring, even though it's over two hours long. I didn't feel. No. I, I okay. To be fair, I felt the weight at the very end. Yeah. By by the by the time the we come back to the frame story, it, it it's <laughs> just about that point where you're like, okay, this should be wrapping up and and it does not long after but yeah i wonder if the film if they dispensed if Stanton is dispensed with the framing sequence yeah you'd, and, you'd knock and about 10 minutes off yeah you would love about 10 minutes off and you would start with carter looking for gold in the west yeah and you would end it with him throwing out Throwing away the amulet and, and declaring himself, I am not John Carter of Earth, I'm John Carter of Mars. Yeah, that's, you certainly could do that, yeah. So, um, I, I don't even mind the origins, the before aspect of this film. No, you, know, you, you, you kind of, you need to know where he's coming from before he gets to Mars. It's well, not only that, it's like, you know, notice how, like, a lot of times when they, they do a franchise film. Nowadays, like like the the most recent GI Joe, no, we're gonna sh- show you how Snake Eyes became Snake Eyes. Yeah, I'm not see, interested I, in that. I, I want did, to yeah. see Snake Eyes. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't even bother seeing it because I'm like, this doesn't look like any version of GI Joe that I would care to watch. And I'm I a huge GI Joe mark. Tempted because you know Samara weaving with red hair shooting guns. Yeah, well, and look, that's my kind of stuff. You know. Uh, I think the um, the the first movie, the first one with Channing Tatum, like they did Snake Eyes, a version of Snake Eyes' backstory in flashback in about mm-hmm. less than five minutes. It's like, okay, I'm good. Okay, here's something heretical I'm about to say. Uh-oh. I actually preferred Stephen Norrington's first G.I. Joe movie. Stephen Summers. Oh, I'm sorry, it was Stephen Summers. I knew, yeah. knew it was a, a Stephen guy who I usually cannot stand. 
Yeah, I, I I like both of them. I like both of them for different different reasons. Uh, the 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 first movie is a very this is the the '90s got to get tough, yo Joe GI Joe, and then the second one was like, hey, remember the silent issue? We're gonna give that to you. Yeah, yeah, Go. no, it was it was fan service. That that's the thing that well, I don't I don't mind fan service, but I do mind it when it's fan service to the detriment of the story. I, it was Jonathan Price trying to destroy the world with nuclear weapons. <laughs> like, Which is what he should have been doing in Tomorrow Never Dies. I, I actually like him in that, too. <laughs> oh, I, I, actually, I, I'm very fond of Tomorrow Never Dies. Me too. After all, I mean, Jonathan, although they, they misused Jonathan Price in it, they misused Michelle Yeoh. You know, they, they keep talking about, oh, we're going to do a spinoff of this character or that character's like... Give me Michelle Yeoh as a super spy kicking super villain ass. Yeah, I would have paid my money for it. I would have been so down for that. I'm so glad that she is getting a bit of a career renaissance now, thanks to everything, everywhere, all at once. I have yet to watch that. It is on my list. It, it is. It, you are you are in for a treat, my friend. I saw it at the theaters because, of course, I wanted to send a message to Hollywood. I want more. Michelle Yeoh and James Hong and other established Asian American actors. All right. And I'm glad that it became a hit. I'm so glad. But uh But yeah, it's like they thought Disney thought that because Taylor Kitsch is an attractive man that showing him shirtless was going to attract women to the to the theater. And I'm sure a small degree it does, but there still needs to be some sort of story. Because, you know, honestly, all the big, like, I love 80s and 90s mm-hmm. cheesy action. And at the end of the day, you, you got to get both sexes in the theater if you want to have a hit. Right. Like, you, you can't rely on just one. It's, it's, well, it's not going to happen. Well, you had two good-looking leads. Yep. Super good-looking leads, one of which, and I think you know which one I'm talking about, Knew her way around an action scene, something fierce. Yeah. I mean, I was like, it, there were times where I was like, forget about John Carter. I want to follow her. <laughs> well, we would have if we had gotten the other movies, because she's That's a true. pretty integral part of the books. <laughs> um, and it just, it's, it's a shame, because she's a, there was a horror movie she showed up in. And she hasn't appeared in much of anything since. I guess if she went back to television or something. But it's a shame because she had the charisma to be a big screen star. Yeah, she she definitely she she pops off the screen anytime she's on there. And um, it's this is a if this is one of these films where you said oh it made a, it lost a lot of money it must not be good. It's out there on video. Is it on Disney Plus? I have no idea. I have no I th- idea. Actually, I think it. Is. I think it is. I think it is. It's on Disney Plus, people. You're paying all that money just to see third-rate Star Wars TV series and um, variable quality Marvel Marvel TV series that seem to be more about setting up stuff for the big movies than anything else. Everything's just content now, Thomas. Yeah, I know. It's just content. But it's like, this is a good story. It's it's done in one, so you don't really need the sequels, although we should have had the sequels. No, this is... Get get, get audio lodge pizza, 
you know, get a, mm-hmm. get a six pack of Dr. Pepper, get some friends over and put this one on. You'll, you'll have a good time watching this one. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think its reputation as a terrible film is false. It, it is not a horrible, it's far, whatever list you pulled this from, this is far from one of the worst films ever made. I mean, it, it I do. A, I'm, I'm on a horror pa- podcast, which means I've watched a lot of shitty horror. Uh, yeah. There's a hundred shitty horror movies that are worse than this, by leaps and bounds. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I watch I watch direct to video '90s action movies. Like, <laughs> come on, you know, it's, this, they. I mean, they spent money on this thing. They got a good looking cast. That right. were all. I mean, other than Taylor Kitsch, who this is. I, I think his performance is pretty damn good. He seems like a world-weary Civil War vet. He's like Sam Worthington. It, He's a ham and eggs actor. He's better than Sam Worthington. Okay. But part of the problem with Sam Worthington is they don't let him use his natural accent. Mm-hmm. Which I think some guys can, can make that leap. Some mm-hmm. actors can't. And he is one of them. So I'm looking at our list for the first year. Oh boy! Okay, yeah, see, I don't know what's on it. I, I'm I'm enjoying the. I just want to be surprised. But I want to make. I, I I'm doing this to make a point. Okay. Okay. Of the first twelve films we are doing, do you want to hear what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Well, net next episode, of course, we're staying with the mouse because it's their other attempt at doing a boys franchise that they gave up on because they realized they could buy other people's stuff. Yep, get ready to talk about uh, Johnny Depp with a bird on his head. Oh, okay. The Lone Ranger. Another property I like. I have not seen the film, so... So we got The Lone Ranger, The Thirteenth Warrior... Oh, that's why is that? A, God damn it! Well, remember these—the only thing that these films have in common they lost is they've lost their studios a lot of money. Well, that one was filmed basically twice, so I guess I kind of understand yeah. that one. The Mortal Engines. Oh, I couldn't even get through the first ten minutes of that. Cutthroat Island. That's not a bad flick. Sinbad: Legend of the Seven Seas. The animated one? No, two thousand and three. Uh. I don't even remember who was in that one. But, okay, so it's Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas, Battleship. Another flick that I kind of like with Taylor Kitsch. Uh, but uh, I'm a big fan of the director, Peter Berg. I've oh. never seen this one, but I love Peter Berg, so. It is. The Man Who Made the Rundown, which is a film that should have been. The Rundown is fucking amazing. After you watch John Carter, go rent The Rundown. Yes. And have yes. a fucking blast. It's, 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 it wasn't the first time I said Dwayne Johnson has that star quality that will, that will take him beyond wrestling. But it is one of the things I saw where it just basically approved to me that this man has charisma for days. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, to be fair, the, the first thing that I said, this man might be a star was when I saw him hosting, of all things, Saturday Night Live. Oh, he was hilarious on it. 
and the thing is, he was so game for all this stuff. Yep. I mean, this was this was the, the the Saturday Night Live episode that convinced Vince to give the Big Show a push. Yeah. He's good. Huh? He's he's good at uh comedy. Let's give him some comedy stuff to do. And bring yep. on some midgets. Well, I mean, Andre did the same thing, so. Yeah. Uh, then we get a film, another film I saw in the theaters, Tomorrowland. I still have yet to see that. I have heard only good things about it. Pan. Pan, 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 pan. Was that the... That was the... The Jason attempt... Isaacs? As I, I don't know Hook. who was the director of it, but it was, an, it was the, one of the latest attempts to do a Peter Pan reboot. An Is that adult the one from like version. 2003? No, this is 2015. You're thinking of another Peter Pan reboot. God, jeez. There were a lot of them. Those evergreen properties, man. Yeah. King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Yeah, that looked really bad. Which is Guy Ritchie doing King Arthur. Yeah, yeah. And finally, Turning Red, which surprised the fuck out of me when I saw it on the list. I don't even know what that is. That is the most recent Pixar movie. Okay. The movie that came out before Lightyear. Okay. Didn't even know about it. So it, it actually is considered, um, it's one of the, the 12 biggest bombs of all time as of this recording. Wow. But the reason I, I read you out that list is because you'll notice that almost all of these are supposed to be franchise failure to launches. There's quite a few on there. Yeah, you because know, you know that if, if Hasbro, if Battleship had done well, I think they had already talked about they were going to remake Clue. You don't remake perfect films. You remake... No, Clue is fucking brilliant. The thing that I love about, about Clue is there is, in the third act, you see, first off, it's the fact that, that they gathered together some of the greatest improvisational comedians of their time. Yep. Under one roof. And then in the third act, that is that one recreation scene. Yep is perhaps one of the single greatest sustained bits of physical comedy ever. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. You know what? If you were going to remake that, the only way you could do it would be to do the exact opposite thing and make it a very gritty, noir, mm -hmm. serious film. Because you're not going to top that in terms of a, of a, you know, a farcical madcap comedy. Yeah. Well, at that, t at that time, Hasbro was going... We're going to do, we've done Transformers and we've done G.I. Joe. We're going to do uh, Monopoly. No. Yeah, they, were, they wanted to do Monopoly. They wanted I, to do, uh, what was the, um, They. I, I'm assuming they wanted to do, I think they wanted to do He-Man again. You know what, if they can, if they can get it right, bring it on, because I'm ready for that. Yeah, but they, they wanted to do all of their properties. And I'm like, I think that's goodness. Mattel, but <laughs> yeah, thank goodness Battleship failed so wildly because that put a stop to that. Yeah, because it's I'm, I'm actually, I'm gonna be... they did the gem film, yeah, and then it was out of theaters in like two weeks. So, all right, great. I saw the ad for that. I'm like, okay, they're calling it gem, but it was less than two weeks. They actually pulled it before its original two week window. Like, okay, it's like, if you're trying to market to the nostalgia crowd, at mm -hmm. least make it look somewhat like the thing I originally saw as a child. Right. 
But th- this is this is a problem. I think a lot of people think it's when they get a property like Gem, let's say, or like GI Joe, they want to show you how the person got to the place that we all remember them at. Nah, you don't need that. You know what? Yeah, you get, no, exactly. Go back and go back to the original cartoon. Watch the intro. There's the saga cell. Do that right at the start of your movie in live action and go. The biggest problem with Jim that I can tell, I have not seen it, but you know, nobody did. Um, my my friends over in Los Angeles, Whitney and William, actually are rather fond of it. And it is an origin story. It's like, here's how she got the robot, and here's how she got the hologram. And it builds up to, here are the misfits. They're going to be, the leader of the misfits is going to be played by Kesha, and that's going to be the next film. Okay. Make your first movie first. Yeah, exactly. Please. Like, you're telling me that they couldn't have made a story about Jem being Jem and Kesha being the Misfits. Now I don't. Now I don't want to see because the Misfits are my favorite part of the cartoon. Okay, but but still, um, I, it, it's this case. This was a case where Stanton didn't get so wrapped up in his world building. He told a good story that made me go, "Okay, what else you got?" Yep, and. I, yeah, I was I was hungry for more at the end of it. I was I was ready because at the end of the movie he trans you know Xeroxes himself back to to Mars. <laughs> I thought that was neat. I liked it. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna do sci-fi mumbo jumbo, and the, there you go, works for me. Uh, you know, with the extra added twist of you got to keep my body alive, otherwise I'm toast. Yes, I, I die here, and and there are going to be chessmen of Mars on Earth looking for me. Yeah, and so it, I was I was ready for more. They bring, know I will kick their asses if I get up there. Yeah, br- br- bring it on, because you know I I want to see the the War Hoon versus the Tharks. I I want to see more of the White Apes. I, I you know what 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 other parts of Mars haven't we seen yet? Well, how many how many book? You ended up making like about nine novels. Uh, was it that many? I think it was that many because, um. By the tail end, they weren't even following John Carter. They were following his son and daughter. Hey, that's fine, too. Legacy stories are cool. I got yeah. no problem with that. I, I, I've i only read the the original three. So, on, we're going we're gonna to set up a scale here. It's Ooh. probably not going to be as... I'm going to try to put up a scale that, that it's not as convoluted as the jaw scale. <laughs> But I do want a scale, a scale that's relative. It's like every time somebody brings up, is it Jaws? They have to explain the Jaws scale. It's part of the fun. Yeah, no, but no, I'm like, like I was listening to uh, our good friend Luke Giaconetti's Earth Destructive Directive recently, and he made reference to an Is It Jaws episode and then had to explain to his guest the Is It Jaws scale. Fair enough. All right, so what, what are we thinking for this? Okay, What's... I am picking... I think it should be a simple three-stage scale. Okay. See it! Actually, four, four, four uh, phase scale. See it! Meaning, we really like it, and we recommend that you see it. Don't see it! Meaning... 
we didn't like it and we don't recommend you see it meh meaning it's just meh Ooh, hopefully there's not a lot of mehs that's the and worst we have to put we have to put a you have to put a poo in there poo poo for the worst of the worst okay so i think that's relatively easy to understand see it don't see it meh and poo i get and poo i perfect. think if if uh, Luke Giaconetti is referring to our show on his show and he says, well, Chris and Tom gave John Carter a see it. That's self-explanatory. Pretty much. So I, I think you and I both agree. It is a high see it. Very much so. High see it. And if you and after you see it, if you're hungry for more, go to your library. You mm -hmm. can get these books pretty much anywhere. The, the the reprints of the books are still around. You can go to any, you know, wherever you're going to buy your books. You can probably get a whole volume of all nine of them for like 20 bucks now. Just... I've got a a collection of, for, for my Kindle of the first four books for free. Well, th there you go. That's how old these books are. You probably yeah. can get some of them for free. And there, it's... It's a pity this one was a failure to launch because it would have it would have been something different. Yep. Uh, and I think it would have if they had correctly marketed it, it would have brought the steampunk crowd in. We don't really have a steam a, a film that is a big steampunk thing. Yeah, I mean, but John himself and and. Deja Thoris herself aren't really, they don't really ascribe to that aesthetic. They're the, um, they're, they're like D&D &D characters, you know? Yeah, but, so. but the thing is, is that the aesthetic of the movie is very steampunk. Oh, yeah. So I think people would, would flock to it because of that. People who were into steampunk. But yes, this is a, this is a see it. And uh, next time, as I mentioned, we are going to see John. We're going to see Disney try again the following year. That's the other thing that's interesting about these top twelve. Eight oh boy. are from the last ten years, between two thousand and twelve and two thousand and twenty-two. Oh my god! So, um, yeah. So Johnny Depp has a. Bird on his head, Army Hammer, before people found out he was a garbage human being, is wearing a black mask. There were supposed to be werewolves in this film. I, uh... think, I think by the time it reached, because the original script, no joke, was about the Lone Ranger and Tonto fighting werewolves. You know, if a comic wants to do that, or somebody wants to, you know, write that out, I, I, I don't. If you, we're only going to get a Lone mm -hmm. Ranger adaptation like every forty years now. So, can you just, just do, do what, it, do what it is. Don't you don't have to make it more than what it is. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay. So, um, so yeah, so we are going to be examining the case of 2013's Lone Ranger. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get up on our horses on our big multi-legged Mars horse things. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just ride Wooler. <laughs> well, he's big enough. 
Yeah. My, 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 for some reason, the, the, the line that sticks out the most is after Woola saves John from seemingly out of nowhere and Solo rocks up and goes, I told you, you belong to him. <laughs> he will find you. Yeah. I like I like that 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 they said he he you belong to him, not he belongs to you. Yeah. Because that's, that's exactly how the dog would see it. Yeah, exactly. And you and you know our cats are like, you are our slaves. Yeah. We've tricked you. I am crying at the door. Let me out. <laughs> yes. Oh, so Chris, we should point out that of course you do several other things around here. You um. Um, Starling Monster Horror Vault of Terror. Did I get that Star, right? Star, oh, God. Now I can't even remember the name of my own show. The yes. Vault of Startling Monster Horror. Good Lord. I can't remember my own show's name because it's such a mouthful. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. There we go. I had to there do it in go. the intro voice to get the whole thing right. Right. Uh, and, and I am working with you and many other fine people on uh, the uh, Optic Decagonagon We just call it ATW now because... Oh, sorry, because that's the I got I got tired of having to do like nine takes every time I had to say the word Akadecagonagon. All right, so if you see my name pop up linked on anything for ATW, then you'll know I was in that episode doing silly voices. I, I'm trying to think, because... We should mention, since I'm assuming this is coming out close to October, that uh, Echoes of Horror is coming up, and I, I'm trying to remember if you if you were in any of those sketches yet. I uh, I wasn't. I just had a busy. I've had a busy year oh. <laughs> with a lot going on, so I wasn't able to write anything. If somebody wants me for a voice, you let me know. Okay. Well, we got to get you into one of the the last remaining sketches we haven't recorded yet. All right. So, but because I want everybody to have a participation, because because I'm proud, I'm proud of these sketches. I can't wait to hear them. I am I, uh, I I'm proud of particularly the stuff Anna did. Ooh. You know, Anna did the the one called "We Need to Talk About Your Son," which is super super scary. All right. But anyway, yes, and and I'm of course in addition to uh, being integral to ATW. We, I also do the Honeywell experiment with Chris Honeywell. Uh, we just covered uh, a really obscure spaghetti western called Ch China Nine Liberty Thirty Seven. Never even heard of that one. It, it's actually it's really good. All right. And then for Halloween, we're going to do Doctor of Doom. Not to be Wrestling. confused with Doctor Doom. No, The Doctor of Doom, a Mexican film where wrestling women fight a guy with a monkey brain. Sold. Yeah. We were trying to find the, the remake the same director did called Night of the Bloody Apes, which is actually harder. Oh. It, it, it features like actual heart surgery Ooh. footage. Don't know if I need that in my life. And and it's and it's gorier, but we could not find it, so we're going back to the original. Oh, there you go. The it's doctor, a very good place Doom, to start. but it's the same premise. There's a mad doctor. He puts a monkey brain into somebody's head, 
and that guy fights some wrestling some wrestling women. That sounds amazing. It, it is. It is. It is something. It is something. You got, you got George, me. With, you got me first with women, yes. and then you double got me with the wrestling. And, and then, then monkey brain. Yeah, the monkey. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and we are hoping. I'm. I'm still looking into it. I'm hoping to get the notorious Bollywood version of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh my God! I've seen clips of that. I'm just trying to find a subtitle version of it. That's what we were going to do for... Do you really need it? No, but it would be helpful to to, to figure out. Fair enough. It's just because we like to do on New Year's Eve uh, something really off the wall and wacky. All right. And and we we shot ourselves in the foot last year with uh, Love Me Deadly, which was not weird. It was weird, but it was not wacky. Oh, uh, but we are going to we're we're looking for something foreign for uh for New Year's Eve 2023. So, right. so Chris, I will I will see you in a month on top on a wild horseshoe ride. Yeah, for the wild and woolly western of the man with the with the mask and the white hat. And. Yep. Johnny Depp pretending to be an Indian with a bird on his head. I just, I just hope I like the movie. I, I have bad feel. I, I'm already my stomach is already tying up in knots over the thought. Well, I'll ju- I'll judge it on its own merits when we get there. Yes. I like that. Until next month. This is uh, Tom DJ and Chris Tyler, and we are reminding you: don't believe the numbers. Good night, test negative, stay positive. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids. Good night. We're off.
Good. Well, that ought to hold the little bastards. 